From the New York City area, welcome to the Badass Counseling Show, where the master badass himself, Sven Erlinson, takes you deep and gives balm for the soul, baby. Oh, hell yes. It's a great day to be alive. It is a great day to be alive. Welcome to the Badass Counseling Show. I am Sven Erlinson, and it is great to have you here with us. For those of you tuning in all around the world, uh, thank you for being with us. Thank you for your letters and your comments and so forth. It's just, I fucking love my job. I fucking love this. Rob, do you love or do you absolutely loathe working with I, me? I, I, I love you. That's, that's how much. <laughs> It's great to have you here. Uh, Rob is here in uh, the office with me. Get We're getting our work done, and you've had a good week so far, Rob? Very good, Sven. Thank you very much. Ready to go. All right. Got, got big decisions, big troubles today to talk about, yes. so time to work your magic, Houdini. All right. All right. Get to it. Thank you. Thank you. We will. And I've also got KC over in the booth uh, monitoring everything at all times. Um, we've got a great episode, as, as uh, Rob mentioned. We've got an episode on big decisions, big decisions. And we've all faced them. We've all been there at different times. And uh, we've got two really interesting guests today. You're going to love these stories. Um, it's compelling. It's it's raw. There's, there's sex. There's craziness. There's just some... Wow. So Rob, introduce us to our first guest, Lindsay, if you would, please. All right, Sven. Happy to. Lindsay said, I've been married for nine years. It has been rough to say the least. Over the past six months, my husband and I just aren't seeing eye to eye. First of all, recently, I have found that he's been on local adult finder websites or sex meetup sites. I confront him about this and he said he uses it for porn. Well, then why not just look at porn sites? He swears he has never cheated on me, but why search for locals? Secondly, anytime I want to talk, bring up a concern, he completely shuts down, tells me he is done arguing and refuses to do this again. He says, I always find a way to argue. The problem is always me. I am unable to communicate in any meaningful way with him at all. He says he is overwhelmed with work and he's at the point of hurting himself or others. I've suggested therapy multiple times. He flat out refuses, saying he doesn't need it. Thirdly, he has made purchases and overextended himself financially without me knowing. When I find out, I confront him and he says, it's not my concern. Sven, I have your book. I'm doing the exercises. I'm truly fine trying to navigate my trauma. I'm tired of being blamed for everything that is wrong or saying I'm oversensitive or being crazy. I really need your help. I'm at such a crossroads. I know what I need to do. I just do not understand why I'm holding on to something I know is making me unhappy I just need some guidance at this time. Lindsay, it's great to have you here on the Badass Counseling Show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Spin. Pleasure is completely ours. And I detect uh, what sounds like a pretty strong Southern accent. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, North Carolina. I love it. I love it. I've got one of my kids living down there. That is an amazing state. Um, all right, Lindsay, let's just dive right in. Okay, that's uh, that's a mouthful you shared with us, and there's a whole lot going on there. Um, I have a bunch of questions, but the one I want to just zing right into first is you stayed at the end after all of this that you're being blamed for everything. Um, he sees you as oversensitive, and you're called crazy, and uh, you know, and you mentioned the sex sites and so forth. Um, you he, you know he denies any sort of cheating, uh, says he doesn't want counseling, says. 
fuck this shit. You know, we're not, com- we're not going to communicate. You're always trying to argue with me. Shuts down, says I'm done arguing. So he shuts you off, shuts you out, shut you down. Doesn't want to talk with you about stuff. Doesn't want to talk with a therapist. Fuck that. I don't need your fucking help. And yet he says he's overwhelmed with work and is at the point of hurting himself or others. Okay, now that's big, but that's not where I want to start. We're going to come back to that one. That's actually like my second or third question. The one I want to start with is what you state at the very end. Lindsay, you state, I'm at such a crossroads. All right, crossroads, big decision, right? I know what I need to do. I just do not understand why I'm holding on to something I know is making me unhappy. So forgive me for asking the obvious question, Lindsay, but why are you holding on to something that you know is making you unhappy? Because I've listened to all of your podcasts. I'm doing the book. I'm trying to do the work. Um, it's a fear, a fear of the unknown, financial uncertainty. We have two children together. Um, being alone the insecurity of like being alone and insecurity of who I am now after all these years of marriage and becoming a mother and trying to figure out who I am now at this time. Um, it's a multitude of things that kind of have me fearful. All right. That's fair. Um, and what's interesting is you stated, I do not understand why I'm holding on. And then I ask you, why are you holding on? You said, Oh, it's fear. <laughs> so you do know why you're holding on. It sounds like, I've been working through it. I'm just like journaling and working through it and, and little by little, but that I'm just that tiny bit is just not letting go. And logically I understand what I need to do, but emotionally it's just, I cannot, I'm not wanting to break it for whatever reason. Totally get it. Nothing wrong with that. And yet you gave us some reason. And first of all, you, you need to know, and I think you do know if you've listened to all my podcasts and, and uh, you know, you're reading the book and doing the exercises you do know uh, that you can't force it and there's no point in forcing it because if you do force it, you're going to move forward, yet you're still going to somewhere in you have one foot still back there because there's unresolved shit, right? So you staying in it uh, while resolving that, I applaud you for that. And, and it's trusting that when it's right, you'll know, you'll know. Um, and so, but I asked you, well, what, what are the fears? And you tick, 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 fear of the unknown, fear of financial insecurity, fear of being alone and who I am now. And you came back to that, uh, twice. You actually said that don't know who I am now, you know, after, uh, nine years of marriage and having two kids and so forth. So of those reasons and any other new ones you might want to include that maybe you forgot of all those reasons, the unknown financial insecurity, being alone, who am I? What is the single biggest fear? They're all fears and they're all legit. I'm just curious what your biggest one is. My biggest fear is dealing with my children. But what should come first is who am I? Because I need to figure out who I am, what my wants are, who I am as a person. So I'm able to take who I am now and grow into what I need to be for my children. That makes total sense. And I um, completely agree with you. You said your first fear is for your children. What specifically? And just so I'm hearing it correctly, I'm afraid of walking away from this relationship because I'm afraid for my children. What specifically in one sentence or less are you afraid of with regard to your children? I do not want them to have the childhood that I had. I want them to have 
it's a hard transition. So I want them to be, I'm going to be the best parent I can be for them and have the best environment for them in an unstable situation. I think that's fantastic. Um, just in, um, if you were to sum it up, you don't want them to have the childhood you had. What was the childhood you had? If you were to sum it up, what the hell are we really talking about that you so don't want for your kids? The constant negativity and physical and emotional abuse, um, them feeling lonely or left behind or neglected in any way. Those are legit fears. Nobody would want that for their kids. Um, and certainly no good parent would ever want their kids to experience those things. Is there presently um, in your home as it stands, um, constant negativity, um, loneliness or abuse in your home presently that the kids are experiencing? Yes. Which? They experience constant negativity, um, which I try to buffer as much as possible. Um, the emotional abuse. And then there was an instance of physical abuse that were allegated against the father. Okay. And just so I'm clear, the abuse is abuse of you or uh, abuse of the children, the emotional and one-time physical abuse? Both, I would say. It's been situations with both, but I'm more concerned with the children Uh, at this time because it's my job. Of course, of course, of course. Uh, Just out of curiosity, how old are your children? Three and seven. Three and seven. And so there has been emotional abuse of a three-year-old and a seven-year-old, and there has been uh, one allegation of physical abuse of uh, either the three or the seven-year-old. Am I understanding the story correctly? Yes. And additionally, there has been emotional abuse of you, but no physical abuse. Is that correct? It has been a physical abuse of me also. Okay. One one incident, yeah. Okay. One in- oh, is that the one incident you were talking about? Or was there an incident against one of the kids as well? One against the, the my seven-year-old as well. Gotcha. Okay. And there's constant negativity. And so if I'm hearing you correctly, you the original question was, or the original point was, I fear uh, leaving uh, my husband because uh, for my children's sake. And I said, well, what do you fear with regard to your children? If you were to be specific, you said, I fear constant negativity, loneliness, and abuse uh, for your kids, right? If you were to leave your husband. And yet two of those three, three things are already there. Yes. Those were the things that you had as a child, that like the childhood I had, you had constant negativity, loneliness, and abuse. And now two of those three things are happening in your children's lives. So to some degree it's happening now. And you're aware of that. I agree with you on what you're saying, that if you can fix you, you can give them a much better home environment and, and change all of that. And so when you say, I need to figure out who I am, what are we really talking about? What is it about you that you think you don't know or fear you don't know? What are we really talking about? I would say the person I used to be compared to who I am now, it's been a long, I'm 35 years old. I'm not in my 20s anymore. So it's finding the things I like now, who I am, my boundaries, focusing on emotional regulation, just, just in general, I'm a nurse. I have that going. I, I enjoy helping others, being in the community. It's just trying to figure out what my wants are now, and what I do, what I dislike, who I do not want to be anymore, who I, what I would not be willing to tolerate and want in my life anymore. I'm just trying to figure out because maybe in a buffer, you get overstimulated and overwhelmed because it's just a lot coming up. So I wanted to figure out what is good for me so I can 
have more stability for them and be able to help them grow through hard situations that I've had struggles with. What is the single biggest thing that you know in your life that you don't want? Abuse, any type of abuse, people who are not acknowledging that they have a problem with anything and not willing to get help. And I cannot continue to help someone who does not want to help themselves. So zero tolerance with that. I'm at my wits end with it. Um, I'm just trying to figure out when's the best time to go. Fair enough. And you'd said you're trying to figure out the, the things that you want and the things you know you don't want. And you've articulated the single biggest thing you know you don't want is abuse, uh, zero tolerance. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but obviously it's not zero tolerance because you're tolerating it. And you, how long has the abuse been going on? I would say since 2020, since COVID hit, it, it's been a downhill so it started then and it's gotten worse. And so you've basically had your, you have a two-year tolerance of abuse uh, going on year three. And forgive me for asking the obvious question, but why do you tolerate the abuse? I've been doing my journaling and looking back, I grew up in an abusive home and that's why I'm angry. I'm angry with myself because it's what my father did and how my mother tolerated it and she stayed there in it and she was the buffer for us. So I realized I'm doing the exact same thing she did. That's all right. Um, okay. But, yeah. But let me ask you, in a way, you still didn't answer why you stayed. Okay, that's why, you know, you've sort of been allowing it. But let me ask you, uh, what's the fear? You you know, if you followed me, as you say you have, that anytime you're trying to figure out why someone's doing something that doesn't make sense, always ask yourself the question, what's the primary fear driving the behavior? Speculate the answers and then go with the biggest, hairiest, scariest one. So what are we really talking about that has caused you to tolerate abuse for two now going on three years? What really is the underlying fear that has caused you to allow this to continue? I have a fear of being wrong. Like, I'm going to completely get it all wrong. Like, with with me expressing things to him and him shutting me down, and then he, like, changes the narrative on me. So it makes me, of course, you're going to sit back and think about what I've done and what I could have done differently. But it makes me think if everything I did was wrong or if it actually truly happened. I guess I'm at the point now where I kind of second guess my actions or how I think or anything that's happened between him and I. So within the past two years, I guess I've kind of talked myself back to things not being like the reality is more to his reality, not my reality. Mm -hmm. uh, and so let me ask you, fear of getting it wrong. So let's say uh, you leave the relationship and you, when you say fear of getting it wrong, uh, that you'll get out of the relationship, you make the decision to get out of the relationship and the marriage, you know, joint custody, whatever, and then what? What would be the worst thing that could happen if you got out of the relationship? Well, dealing with me personally is being alone. Okay. Um, not not adding up, not just being alone in general. And what is it that, what happens inside of you when you are alone? I have depressant states or anxiety. I just get really depressed. Because? My life choices or where I'm at now, I've come so far but I'm still not happy with where I am now. Fair enough. And so those voices of sort of beating yourself up and why aren't I further? And look, here I am alone. See, I, you know, nobody wants me or nobody's going to want me and I need to be doing more and I wish I were doing more. And so am I guessing that a lot of those voices start to rise up, beating up on you when you're alone? Is that safe to say? Yes. 
And so what is it? What's the difference then with regard to those voices? What's the difference when you have someone that you're still in a relationship versus when you don't have someone? What happens inside of you so that you you don't have those voices or don't have them as much, but when you are alone or don't have someone, they rise up. Why is it different when you have someone? I guess it's like you said with the whole buffer situation. If you have someone that is the physical touch, you're getting the the words of affirmation and all this stuff, it it fills up your cup, your love cup. Yep. When I'm by myself with all the years of history of everything that's happened, I it's so much of a residual. I'm not worked through all of it. So then my cup goes doop, right back to where I was at before. Absolutely. And and that implies then that you got messages when you were a child. And if there was abuse in your home, which you admit there was, and your mom had to be the buffer and all that between, you know, the abuse and you kids, um, and yet she kept you in it. And if there was abuse and, and God knows what else, you got messages put inside of you that basically somewhere, something along the lines of you ain't worth a shit, who you really are doesn't matter, you're not wanted, whatever those messages were. And so when you have someone, it is a counter message. Hey, but this person is here. They want to be with me, even though they abuse me, even though they're constantly negative, even though they're whatever. Hey, at least I got someone with me. And that is a counter message to all of those messages I got growing up. So all of those messages sort of be, they're quieted a bit, they're muted. And and that person in your life is a buffer between you and those voices. But boy, when they walk away, all of those voices come roaring back, don't they? Yes, they do. Yeah. And so is you say, you know, I asked you, you said you're wanting to get to know yourself and who I am and so forth and my wants and my don't wants. And I ask you, what's your biggest don't want? You said abuse. You flat out said it. So you already know that what this relationship is, you know, is top of your list. Don't want. Um, and but you fear getting it wrong. Um, I listened to your story when Rob read it and you've got him on these adult hookup sites and uh, denies cheating on you and all of this stuff. And he always finds a way, he says, you always argue and you're and and can't communicate in any meaningful way. He doesn't want therapy. And so he shut you off, shut you out completely. He's doing shit. You don't even know all the shit he's doing. Plus he's constantly negative, abusing both you and your children who are four and seven years old. And then, you know, you're blamed for everything. You're oversensitive and you're crazy. I gotta be honest with you. Whether who he is like in his like soul or whatever, I don't know, but he's a dick. I mean, he clearly is not invested in the relationship. He clearly has no interest in hearing your needs. He clearly has no interest in fixing shit or even acknowledging that there is shit. And he's happy to abuse children. And he's happy to abuse the person he claims to love. Um, Just out of curiosity, when did he change from the person you fell in love with, presumably, to the person he is now? When really did it change? 2020. In 2020. So he got COVID. Yep. And what, why then? Why not a year earlier? Why not a year and a half later? Why then? Why specifically in 2020? And just for, to be really clear as best you can, when in 2020? January, June, December, what are we talking about? December, right before Christmas. And he why? He got mad because I wouldn't have physical relations with him. Um, he was sick with COVID and we're in the middle of COVID. We didn't know everything that was going on with it. I was watching the kids. I was trying to keep them safe, keep me safe. Um, and he left. He wasn't here for Christmas. None of it. 
it's just that I feel like he's been lying to me, like what his needs are. We have these conversations and he'll tell me one thing, but the actions say something different. I can give him every single thing he wanted me to give him in every type of way. And it eventually ends up saying, I'm not doing it right. I'm messing up. So after that, the 2020, it's been downhill. It's one thing after another. Gotcha. And uh, and so it's just gotten worse and worse and worse. And so the abuse and the constant negativity did not exist prior to uh, 2020. No. Okay. So you know, again, back to your original point, I'm at a crossroads. I know what I need to do. Is that true? I know what I need to do logically. Emotionally, I'm still hanging on. Fair and it, it's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do before. And what is the single hardest part about it for you? Well, emotionally? At all. What, what, anything, the whole picture, what is the hardest part about it? It's the hardest thing I've ever had to do. What's the hardest part? Creating a whole different life that I married and thought it was going to be a long term, you know, rest of my life with this person, promises broken. It's nothing what I thought it would be. Okay. And the leaving and starting over is the hardest part. And is it the, you know, the times when I'm alone when we're hard? Because half your time, I mean, I'm just going to assume half the time the kids are going to be with him, right? And that's something else that needs to be looked at. And that is, is he going to abuse them when he's got the kids? I mean, that's a serious issue that needs to be con considered that we, you know, uh, but we're looking at your issue here and your decision that you have to make, the hardest part is leaving and starting over. What above all else is going to be the hardest part of basically about leaving and starting over? Is it the mechanics of it, finding a place to live and, you know, and, you know, paying the bills and that sort of thing? Or is it something else? What really are we talking about that you're so terrified of? The mechanics, that's a given. Everyone figures that out. It's the emotional. It's that unknown of how bad it could be for me because watching the whole, if it is joint custody, the fear of the unknown or what could happen. And I don't have control over that. And it's not much I can do, but if I go by court order until I have proof of anything, you know, um, that's, that's what worries me is out of my control and how bad could that get and how hard I've been struggling lately and going back and forth with my emotions and trying to do things. It's, it's been pretty rough. So that's what scares me, Okay, how bad it could actually be. Fair enough. And just out of curiosity, you said this is exactly what you grew up in, but your mother stayed with your father. Your parents stayed together. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So you were kept in uh, an abusive home where you were being abused. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And just so I'm just out of curiosity, are you glad your mom stayed or do you wish she would have left? I wish she would have left. But- what if she were confronted with the same question you're confronted with? Gee, he might abuse the kids when the kids are with him. Do you still wish she would have left? Yes, I do. Why? Because over time, if you're persistent, you can prove abuse. You can prove it over time, and then you can get... The children can have what needs to be done. They can be away from that person until that person gets help or whatever. I wish she would have left because I personally think she would have been better off. We would have been better off and we could have went forward from there, whatever that future may have been. It sounds like you've just answered your own question with regard to the kids. Is that safe to say? Yes. Is that something you had not thought about before? I, I have thought about it. Yes. And what's different this time? Or maybe it's not different. 
What does it feel like to say it? It's what I need to do. I know it's exactly what I need to do. And it actually feels the, to, the right thing to do. I know that's what I'm going to have to eventually do. It's just, it's just so much right now. I need to find clarity with, with the journaling and everything else. And, um, and at this exact moment, the single biggest thing that is still unclear is what? Why am I still here? <laughs> okay, so let me ask why? you a question. Why are you still here? What is it above all else? It's me. I'm holding on to something that... What are you holding on to above all else? A past that doesn't fit. That's not going to fit my future. That's not going to benefit me in the future. It's not going to help my children. It's nothing good going to come out of it. Okay, so you're holding on to the relationship itself. And so what you're dealing with then is the death of the dream, the death of the love, the death of what you hoped it could be and would be and so forth. And so if I'm hearing you correctly, really you're in a grieving state. And part of you is grieving like when somebody dies and you don't want to let go yet. I'm not ready to let go yet because you haven't fully grieved. And that's totally understandable. Uh, One uh, sort of final question, and that is, have you done everything you possibly could do to fix this relationship? Everything in your power? I have tried everything. Therapy, couples therapy, um, different types of ways like to communicate, being quiet, letting him, every possible thing. I have done so much ungodly reading and asking others. It Nothing helps. Nothing helps, right. And one of the things that people discover is when they reach the point of realizing I have done every goddamn thing I can possibly do and there's nothing left I can do here, you know, my work is done here. I, I There's nothing more I can do. It makes it so much easier. It's not easy, but it's so much easier when you know there's nothing more I can do here. And really, in your case, that I'm keeping my children in an abusive, constantly negative situation. I'm doing it. And you've had to grieve, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not dogging you for staying in it for however much longer you need to. Um, but you're real. You're you're realizing with greater and greater clarity. I'm keeping my kids in a very horrible situation that I know I wish my mother would have gotten us the fuck out of. And you and you're grieving it. And I think what you need to do, in all honesty, if you haven't already, is write a letter to your husband that you don't send. Do not give it to him. Do not send. And pour out all of your feelings of love and all of the longing for who he was and the dream that now has died and express all of your sadness and your anger too and all of your disappointment and your hatred, uh, but especially all of the love and pour it out and pour it out because until that love is fully out of you, that's what's keeping you stuck in this situation. You're holding on to that dead person, so to speak. And, uh, and it, it is faster and faster approaching the time, but you need to grieve the death of this relationship and the man that he was and the, the hopes that you had and trust, trust that there is new life ahead. Does that make any sense? Yes. Lindsay, you've been a great guest. I thank you so much for coming on the show. It's really been a treat and it's just, It's so nice to be bathed in that great Southern accent. I love that. And thank you for opening up with us. And uh, so now let's take a quick break and I'll be right back with more Badass Counseling. My best friend made me listen to some podcast, said it had blown her away. So we listened to a lightning round of the Badass Counseling show together. All I can say is, wow, first podcast I had ever listened to. Now it's my addiction. If you haven't done it yet, you need to subscribe to the Badass Counseling Show. 
This show provides soul counseling intended to entertain and inform and is not medical advice. Now, back to the badass. And we're back. And we're in the middle of a great show on big decisions. Wow, what a whopper that was with Lindsay. And what a terrific person. And at the real juncture of a major life decision. And uh, I, I know all of our hearts go out to her and knowing that she's gonna make the right decision right when the time is right. We're moving forward now with Megan. And this, Rob, this is a juicy story. Um, the first one was sex and explosions and, and abuse. Read this one to us, uh, Rob. Read, tell us about Megan. Absolutely, Smed. Megan wrote to us and said, I am 35 years old, been divorced for a couple of years, and in a new relationship. And if I'm honest, this is the craziest shit I've ever been a part of. My current boyfriend has been divorced from his ex for six years, and he has three kids. I have none. He allows his ex to control every aspect of his life to the point we're not allowed to drive an hour away to go to dinner whenever we don't have the kids for fear she'll need him for something. Did I mention this woman is remarried? When we've spoke about this issue, it gives me the excuse, she's got me by the balls. If I don't do what she wants, then she'll take the kids from me. Sven, I've tried so hard to just ignore it and tried the whole not my circus, not my monkeys approach, but I'm simply at a loss. Any help would be greatly appreciated. Megan, so great to have you on the show. Where are you calling in from tonight? West Virginia. West Virginia. I tell you, that is a beautiful state. You talk about a state with scenery. That's a beautiful state. And uh, you got snow on the ground there? Yeah. I'll bet you do. All right. Well, thanks for being on the show, Megan. Um, wow. I think I speak for everyone around the world who listens to my show and we hear that. <laughs> What? 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 I, I, Megan, I tell me something. I mean, what? I, I don't know what to. I mean, I have ideas. I know what I want to do with that. But what the hell kind of story is that? Tell me. We met back in September of 2021. Um, decided to finally make it official and started dating in November of 2021. Um, Things were great, of course, because you're in the love bombing stage and everything. Um, it, it was a little bit before I met the kids. And, of course, I got along with the kids and everything. Um, fast forward to June of 2022, we moved in together. Um, I was aware of how she was. Um, and honestly, I think I just more or less ignored the red flags to begin with, because you are in that stage of everything's great, everything's wonderful. Um, I've lived in this house for a little over six months, and it's just decreasingly gotten worse. And I've tried not to be the jealous woman. I've tried to let them co-parent the way they can co-parent, because it's not, honestly, my circus or my monkeys, it's theirs. But in the same aspect, I'm in this every single day of my life. And I don't want someone else to control my life on top of having a relationship with someone else that allows them to control. Mm -hmm. And it seems like no matter how I try to approach the situation, I'm either overthinking it or I get the, she's got me by the balls. She'll take the kids from me, um, which she, she, she'll keep them away when she's mad for maybe a day or two. And then she's calling to tell us to come get them. 
um, it, it's just, it's a very frustrating situation. Uh, it's got, oh my God. I'm, I mean, I hear that and it's like, wow, I'm frustrated for you. Um, uh, do you love him? I want to say yes, but I'm falling out of it very quickly. Okay. So yes, be- but I'm falling out of it because what? Because I can't take this. <laughs> I am constantly showed every single day that I am not a priority to him. Right. I am the last person on his list. You're the last person on his list. And so wait, are you then saying that being not a priority and last on the list, are you saying that that is not your definition of love? That is not my definition. I left a 15 year marriage for that. Oh, wow. or at least part of that was the reason. Um, and I, I, I don't expect to be number one on his list because I want his kids to be number one on his list sure. and always to be number one. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I don't know if it's my my work background or what it is, but when I see them two fighting, all I can think about is how these kids are feeling and what's this doing to them Amen. on top of all this. Amen. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I love how you're oriented in that regard. Just out of curiosity, uh, what's your work background? Just briefly. I'm a um, a contractor for Child Protective Services. I go into the homes of the oh, attending shit. parents and try to help them get on their feet. Okay. Then um, you, try to help them get their possibly back, get them recovered. All right. Anything. That, that great, great. So you are an expert in Child Protective Services. Excellent. Then you, uh, that is the perfect segue into my very first question, and that is, she has him by the short and curlies and he says, she's got me by the balls. If I don't do what she wants, then she'll take the kids from me. Now in the state of West Virginia, I actually Googled it after you told me where you're calling in from. Uh, parental rights can be terminated only in the case of abuse, neglect or adoption. And so I have to ask, does your boyfriend uh, abuse his children? No. Oh, so fundamentally then, her um, her sort of threat that she'll take away the kids from him, that's legally impossible. Is that correct? Yes. And, you know, here's another shocker um, when it comes to all of that. She physically abused him. Oh, there it is. But called the cops and had him arrested for physically abusing her. Yes. Even though no proper files were charged or charges were filed, she still uses that as, and in his mind, she, in his mind, he thinks, well, I have that charge on me, so no judge is going to give me that kid and or my kid. Yes, and if I was to take her back to court, that's right. And, so and it is just nothing but an excuse because she has manipulated and she has told him. Yes. Uh, so much. Yep. And and he believes it and he's terrified of her. Megan, I have literally as a, it's hard for people to believe, but as a six foot four, 265 pound male, I have been subject to physical and verbal slash emotional abuse um, in uh, adult long-term relationships. And I have literally had that exact thing happen to me. Police get called. I was the one being abused, uh, but the she claims that I was the abuser, and when you're six foot four, two hundred sixty five pounds, um, uh, a rookie cop will make that mistake. Experienced cops don't always make that mistake of assuming the guy is the abuser, and that's why I love experienced police officers because they're fucking smart. 
Um, but uh, so I can see how all of this would happen and I can see how his um, fears of her and kowtowing to her, I can, I can see it all. I've lived it all. But so you stayed what? Hoping it would change or you stayed because I felt bad for him or you stayed because what? It was the sympathy for him. And, you know, honestly, I wanted to try to help him, of course. Um, maybe realize that she's just manipulative and she just, it, it's all smoke. And that he could draw boundaries with her and that he could, you know, take her back to court if he wanted to. And where know? has that whole line of thinking, where has that whole path of action, where has that gotten you? Where has that gotten him? Me? Absolutely fucking nowhere. <laughs> and has he changed at all, despite your loving on him and and telling him that, you know, she's full of crap and all of this stuff, has he changed at all? No. Well, and, and what's interesting about you saying no is it actually seems to me as though he has changed, in the, but not in the good way. It's actually, in a way, gotten worse that it's come out more and more. You know, the beginning was the love bombing stage and everything looked rosy and, and cotton candy and all that. And as you've endured it more and more and you've seen it more and more, you've endured more and more. And so in some ways, the the neglect of you, the deprioritization of you has either increased or just become more and more apparent. Is that safe to say? Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely increased as far as, I'm not significant at all. And so your efforts to try to make it reduce and help him so that he would change uh, were met with him actually doing the opposite. And he he changed, but for the worst. And it's gotten worse. And you're more and more at the point of, I fucking hate this and so forth. I, I have to ask you this question. You said right at the very end of the paragraph that Rob read for us, I've tried so hard to just ignore it and try the whole not my circus, not my monkeys approach, but I'm simply at a loss. I, I have to ask the obvious question. As a person who uh, specializes in reading people and investigating domestic violence, and, and there's no domestic violence here. You're not reporting that, except for the violence that was done to him, and that's real, and so on and so forth. But I mean... Uh, but you're good at reading people, reading situations and so on and so forth and knowing, oh, fuck, this family needs to break up. These kids need X, Y, or Z, or this couple shouldn't even be together. You're an expert at this shit. So I have to ask why you say, I've tried so hard to just ignore, ignore that he has uh, deprioritized you, ignore that she has him by the short and curlies, ignore that she completely controls him. Why, what has gone on inside of you? What it, what need is being met when you uh, were trying and trying to ignore it? If I can just ignore it, why? What need is being met that would cause you to want to ignore these massive problems? <laughs> There's no needs being met. That is the problem. Okay, you giggled when you your first thing out of your mouth wasn't an answer. It was a giggle. Why did you giggle when I asked you the question? You know, what need is being met? Um, why did you choose to try to ignore? And you giggled. What was the giggle? I'm curious. The giggle is a defense mechanism. Um, Against what? Because I can't, I can't honestly believe that I've put myself in this situation. And now I'm like, okay. And of course, there's kids involved. So when I leave, that's going to be even worse. Right, and um, right, and that's up to the parents to cover. So I'm just in the I'm in the excuse making 
stage as he is to an extent. All right. So I asked you the question, you giggled and you said it's a defense mechanism. It's defense against what? Being scared that I'm going to be proved as a bad person. I'm going to look, I'm going to be looked at as a bad person no matter what I do. So I try to be the good one. I try to be everything to everybody and it's gotten me nothing who do you fear seeing you as a bad person who's top of the list is it him is it uh, her is it the kids is it your own self is it who do you fear most looking at you as a bad person i think it's the kids more than anybody him being a close second okay and what is the one sentence above all else you would most fear the kids and just for, out of curiosity how old are the kids uh six nine and thirteen. Six, nine, and thirteen what is the one sentence above all else you would most fear the kids saying to you or thinking about you that uh i'm just like all the others and i've left them too you're just like all the others and you've left them too. And the truth is, it sounds like you likely are going to leave them. And in that regard, perhaps you are like all the others who left. And what's the option? Is the option to stay so that you're not like the others? Um, because that's what you're saying. I don't want to leave because I don't want to be looked at as a bad person. What specifically do you mean that the kids would think I'm just like all the others? So you are the primary reason, if I'm hearing you correctly, that you're staying in a bad situation is you fear uh, a six and nine and a 13 year old thinking you're just like all the others. Makes no no logical sense to most people, but it the, does to me at that point. Well, the biggest decisions in life are seldom uh, chosen or the biggest situations in life are seldom chosen because of logic. They're chosen because of what's really going on deep inside of us. And yeah, they may be hurt and you can convey to them, I love you and so on and so forth, but uh, your father... And I, it's, it's just not working out. And you can convey the love and so forth. And, you know, in, in some respects, unfortunately, at times in life, we have to walk away from a bad situation. And unfortunately, there is collateral damage. How you do it is a separate thing. You can do it in a loving way and so forth. Um, but I I got to come back. To, I, I have to comment on this. Um, he allows his ex to control every aspect of the life to the point where we're not allowed to drive an hour away to go to dinner whenever we don't have the kids. I mean, you do see the sheer madness of that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, that's just fucking. It makes me mad every time. Oh, of course. <laughs> and it just does. Well, and at what point, at what point, though, are you really no longer mad at her, no longer mad at him? Because you know the terms of their relationship. It's abundantly clear. And you said it's actually gotten worse. He's doing it more. You're more aware of it. It's not changing no matter how much you love on him and try to instill him with a different message. They're just being who they are. So you being stuck in their, um, as you call it, circus, you being stuck in the circus, I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm really not, Megan, but you know who they are now. So now the only person, and I, again, I, I, I feel so bad for you. I really do. I swear to God, I feel so bad for you. But the only person you can be mad at now is yourself. If it's been going on literally since, um, well, June of 2022, when did, when did you first, when was the first, 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 where you began to like, what the fuck? When was the first what the fuck moment for you? Well, it was probably that December 2021 um, somewhere around through there, December or January. Um, 
she has um, these instances, and she usually has them. Well, she's had three this year so far. Um, she will get upset, and she will call, and she will scream and yell at him for hours on end at the phone. Um, they were mad. She was mad that day. Um, told us to bring her the kids that he wasn't to go to the middle one's basketball game. Don't even show his face. So we took the kids back to her. Um, she proceeds to call him while she's in or while we're in his drive or their driveway and continues to scream and yell and everything for another 30 minutes. Anyways, after all of that, we're driving back and he asked me to leave. Oh my um, God. At that point in time. But you guys, point, you guys we're live not, together. We're not living together. You're living we're together. We're not living together at that time. Wait, I thought you were no, living together. You made it. A, oh, right. November, you made it official in November. Yeah. June, you move in together. Okay, yeah, so you're not living together. And he November. says, he basically says, get the fuck out of here. He, he basically um, told me to leave. Um, and whenever I did leave, I, I texted him and I was like, look, I'm not accustomed to turning my back on somebody that I tell I love like this. Right. And I proceed, you know, to tell him like, this is just not right. Like, I don't know why you're pushing me away because of what she's doing to you. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, of course, pretty much fought the rest of the day. Anyways, um, later on that night, he called and I wouldn't take his call because I was just angry and I didn't want to speak out of anger. And, uh, he texted me and he said that he didn't want me there when he lost his shit. He didn't want me to see it. Um, if we're going to share a life together, you should want me there. Mm -hmm. I should be that person for you. I should be that go-to. Don't get me wrong. I know it's hard for guys to, you know, voice everything that's going on and everything, but she seems to be the only person that he cares about as far as what her opinion matters. Bingo. Her opinion matters. She's the only person. That's right. And if that's the case, they need to be together. They, I don't need to be in this situation. That's right. They need to be together. That's exactly right. You speak truth. You speak truth. Um, just out of curiosity, do you back? Do you wish, looking back, that you would have left then, back in December or or whatever? Or are you? No, I'm. I'm kind of glad I stayed in it. I should have left then. Interesting. Because it's only gotten worse. I mean, we had this same fight maybe two weeks ago, but he downplays every time she does anything now. So. And and uh, and do I hear tears there? Uh, it's it's frustration. Okay. <laughs> so just so I'm clear, then you had the first sign of all this crap back in December of 2021, which means, uh, and then uh, December of 2022 was the one we just had. So you have witnessed over a year, a pattern of behavior between the two of them for over a year. You have witnessed it, hoping it would change, trying to make a change, change, change. And so you have a one-year pattern of behavior. You wish you would have left back then. You stayed, this pattern of behavior has not changed. And so the question becomes, at what point do you realize this pattern is not going to change? And at what point do you walk away? And if the kids think, you know, I'm a bad person, the truth is six, nine and 13 year old, they, they sensed you're a good person and you can leave lovingly and kindly. Um, but in the end, you have to save yourself because this is dragging you down. Why, would, why, for the love of God, would you ever want to be in a relationship with any person who makes you last priority when they claim to love you? 
uh, and who is controlled by someone he's no longer in a relationship with. He's terrified of her. He's undergone abuse that he clearly has not dealt with. I'm not saying he's a bad person, but you are you are absolutely getting the shit stick. And uh, he's really not a bad person. I mean, he pays this woman child support when he ain't even court ordered to do so. Like he's a stand up man and a good dad. She's getting everything, even though she's not in the relationship with him. Exactly. So what that says about your relationship with your own self is that you value yourself so little that you would stay in a relationship for with someone who basically doesn't value you at all, who's totally basically in love, at least through his actions, is totally in love with another woman that he can never have. And that woman is controlling your life. That's how little you think of yourself. And if we had more time, I would want to go into the origins of this because there are messages from your own childhood about how, about you that are running. Those tapes are running inside of you right now that are keeping you in a relationship that is sucking the life out of you that you wish you would have walked away from over a year ago. There's shit, and that's the real issue. For you, the real issue is what's going on inside of me that is causing me to stay in a relationship that is clearly, clearly fucked. If I were to pull 100 random people off the street right now and have them hear your story and so forth, every single one of them would say, you gotta get out, and you know it. You already know the answer. And the truth is, but up till now, the pain hasn't been bad enough. And the day is going to come and the moment is going to come when you just know. And there's nothing wrong with not leaving yet as long as you know what the stakes are. And the stakes are that this is your statement of who you are, that I'm willing to tolerate this. And you're going to get sick of that probably sooner than later. And I need you to know, Megan, that I support you 100%. I feel so bad for you that you've had to endure this bullshit. And my biggest wish for you it really doesn't even have anything to do with this relationship. My biggest wish for you is that as you're ending this relationship and when you end this relationship, that you will go inside because in a way you've perpetuated in the second relationship what you said was there in your marriage. It's a lot of the same stuff. So that says there are messages operating inside of you that are causing you to tolerate such horrible treatment. And I don't want to see that happen for your next relationship. So I would strongly encourage you to... Um, uh, you know, continue to do your inner work and continue to go inside and heal that stuff because that's going to be the biggest change from where you are now and the relationships you've had and the one you're in to the relationships you're going to have in the future because the relationships you have in the future are going to be based not on the other person but based on authenticity and, and commitment to self and your own happiness and you're not going to ignore those signs and tolerate so much shit for so long. I believe in you, Megan. I think you're a wonderful person. And I just want to say that I thank you so much uh, for being on the show uh, and opening up with with all your pain and all of your frustration. And uh, I think you're going to have the courage to uh, do what you know you need to do. And it's it's going to come quicker than you think. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. You betcha. And for all of you tuning in around the world, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Badass Counseling Show. On behalf of Rob and KC, we wish you only uh, the best in your relationships, especially in your relationship with yourself. Have a kick-ass day. The Badass Counseling Show is strictly copyrighted. No copies may be made without the express written consent of the Badass Counseling Show, LLC. The Badass Counseling Show is produced by Karen Camparelli and Robert H. Friedman. 
Executive producer Sven Erlinson. Original music by two-time Emmy award-winning composer Trevor Morris. Have a kick-ass day.